when you don't have an open mind to others, you kind of cut off your ability to grow. And so I was always open, wanting to see more, wanting to get more for people that look like me. And, uh, you know, that's kind of my story. You know, I have a, a larger family and we all kind of do similar things along those lines. So it was only right to be in a situation like this around uh, powerful people like yourself. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the 205 Vibe with your host, yours truly, Mr. Earl Dyson Jr. And I thank you for tuning in uh, to our latest podcast with me today. Uh, and I know I, I it's, it's just part of my part of my routine, part of my opening. But I feel that way about all our guests, and uh, I feel that way about this guest as well. That I am truly excited to have with us, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only. Dr. Antoine Reed. Yeah. What's happening, brother? How you doing, sir? I'm good. I thank you for having me uh, today. It's, it's good to be up here with the one and only, oh, Brother Earl. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, I mean, you you um you you you've come to the Rockford Public Schools, mm-hmm. uh, and you're in this um this new role. Mm-hmm. Um, just to for a little background, we um. We have this position called the Director of Equity and Inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, we um, we had a person in that role, Dr. Tiffany Brunson. Mm-hmm. Much kudos, big shout out to Tiffany mm-hmm. Brunson, who um, was offered a superintendency position yes, at Madsen, yes. which we're very, very happy about that mm-hmm. for her. And now uh, she did a great job while she was here, and now you're in the role. And so I guess I, I guess I just want to let's just start with just, Ryan, what brought you here? How did you? How did you land here? I mean, you with with with, uh, with all the opportunities, all the things you could have done. Yeah, you know, uh, Rockford is a unique place. It's like a baby Chicago, and um, the innovative things that Rockford has taken on is not getting done at a lot of places. Uh, I think uh, we may take for granted when you just look clearly at data and data points, uh, the impact that Rockford is having on uh, many lives, and also impact in ways that are unique as it relates to hiring and doing various things that some districts uh, right now are not doing. So uh, to, for me, it was, it was an opportunity to be in a place where you can do unique things. And the, the landscaping was there, the soil is there, and everything is uh, ripe to win this year. And I think, uh, you know, this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. Anyone that didn't want to take on this uh, really is not a believer of equity and inclusion. Um, and I think education right now, equity has become a new catchphrase uh, sure. from the top down, but uh, we're living that phrase here in actionable. So that's what made Rockford a unique place. You already you already saw the groundwork being laid um, from the decisions our superintendent is making, our board, our community. And so it, it was the right place to be at the right time. Awesome, awesome. So I have to ask you, I know it's, it sounds cliche, right? Mm-hmm. But and I know, you know, when you get this question, um, all of us have, you know, a story, but I know um, I'm very curious. I know the people are curious about just, you know, who tell, tell us, you know, something about you, you know, who, who a little bit who you are, a little bit about your story, yeah. where you come from, your background. You've, you've done a lot of things. And right. so just share with us some things that you, you want us to know about, you know, just a little bit how you who you are. How, right. would you, how would you how would you describe and explain that? Well, you know, I come from um, a background throughout my educational career where I experienced inequities and I didn't realize that they were there until I realized that opportunities that others had, I didn't have. And I didn't get that opportunity until I got to college. So I grew up on the west side of Chicago, moved to the Robert Taylor Projects, 
And uh, I was in the Robert Taylor Projects with my, uh, you know, some of my family members, and those got torn down. I've been to the South Side of Chicago, so I've been everywhere in Chicago. And I began to realize that uh, opportunities were bleak for African-American male um, growing up in those environments. Uh, most everybody I grew up with, you know, they ended up in one or two places, and we don't have to talk about that, but it was the norm, you know, to end up in those two places. Uh, sports gave me an out. It was my way of doing something that uh, got my attention and got me focused. What'd you play? I played football, ran track, played okay. baseball. I had to do everything. I had to stay busy. I was one <laughs> yeah. of those kids that if I didn't have something to do, I, I, I lost focus. And I had a, a, a backing at home, and my parents, they wanted that for me to stay occupied because uh, if you don't have those opportunities, you get swept up in what's going on around you. And I uh, ended up getting an opportunity to come back to Harper High School where I went to school. And I started coaching football. I played football. I got a Division One scholarship. I was playing ball. I got a chance to come back and I uh, started coaching. You know, I wanted some um, some students to have an opportunity that I had to get to college and see what this college world looked like. I remember sitting in class, looking up, and I'm the only one look like look like myself there. Sure. And I, I I knew that those kids needed the opportunity that I had because I learned so many different things from being open. So I think that is part of what led me to you know administration. I began to teach. I began to get in administration, but I recognize that that open mind allows for equity to even happen. When you don't have an open mind to others, you kind of cut off your ability to grow. And so I was always open, wanting to see more, wanting to get more for people that look like me. And, uh, you know, that's kind of my story. You know, I have a, a larger family and we all kind of do similar things along those lines. So it was only right to be in a situation like this around uh, powerful people like yourself. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words, sir. Um you know, I was going to go in a different direction, but you just, you intrigued, you just something, you just provoked a thought here. Um, earlier, you had talked about Rockford being like, kind of like a mini Chicago. And, mm -hmm. and we have, there are cities all across America where, um, you know, people come from all kind of backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think one of the misconceptions, I, I hate to hear one of the stigmas about Chicago, uh, Chicago, this, and people really just don't know the city uh, mm -hmm. based on what they hear on the media and in the news. But I'm curious, what would you, if someone asked you the question, how did you, in, in that environment, right? You know, and, and we have, there, there, are, there are housing developments and projects all over all over the country in a lot of urban areas, but mm -hmm. what, what, what is the peer pressure like um, to make a choice to go one way or the other? Did you have a lot of, uh, you know, yeah. people trying to recruit you into gangs or to, mm -hmm. to, to get you to go, to do a, to do uh, you know crimes a life of crime versus the path you took around sports and education. What, what's that like for a normal kind of young, you know, yeah. black male living in in the city? Yeah, you, you know, I'm sure it's similar to what we see in Rockford, for where a lot of these scholars are facing those challenges every day. I was just fortunate and blessed to have opportunity for someone to speak into me, which was my coaches, because you know, growing up, uh, there's no such thing as you. Uh, not being involved in what's going on around you. When you live on the block, you are automatically associated with that block. Okay. And um, when okay. the you know when the project housing got tore down, every block became different subsets of gangs. The gangs didn't even look the same. So mm -hmm. no matter what I said or what I did, you you were from that block, and okay. the owners was of that block. So you know that is why it's important. I, I know Dr. Jarrett talked about today the community has to be a part of what we do because if we don't believe as a community that our scholars have equal opportunity, then we get swamped up into a lot of the things that go on around us in our communities and not seeing the fruit uh, that lay right in front of us in our own uh, backyards, in our communities. It's a lot of 
leadership that takes place in our communities. There's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of things that are not cultivated. And so I had a coach that cultivated and say, hey, look, you have an ability. This is what you do with that ability. And that was important because a lot of black male figures are not there because in that time, a lot of the figures were, uh, you know, in jail or locked up or taking another route. So you didn't see that. So to be that required somebody to activate it and cultivate me in a different direction, honestly. And I'm thankful for my coaches, uh, Coach Carroll, Coach Lewis, Coach Jones. Those are the people that did that for me. Awesome. So, so far, I've been watch, I've watched how you move since you've been here. I watched kind of who you mm-hmm. talk to, the thing, kind of your approach to your work. Um, one thing that I've noticed, though, I've been just in talking to you that I, that I really appreciate and I find very intriguing is mm-hmm. your unique approach, if you will, to educating you know, African-American youth. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been very intentional about connecting with um, some of the African-American leaders in the community and the school system. Um, tell, tell me about that that approach. Why, why is that particular, just in starting out, why is that important mm-hmm. to you? You and, know, and yeah. your approach to, to you know, it, as yeah. well, your unique approach to well, that specific demographic. You know, uh, you know, we reflect our leadership and I truly believe that Dr. Jared doesn't get enough credit in the marketing field of the work that he's trying to do because he's making a new you know, playing field. It's not the fish tank you're jumping in that everything is defined for you. He's kind of creating that. So he gives us that ability. And I, I watch that. And so before I ask for anything, I want to make sure I, I approach everybody and make myself available in a servant model. So when I do ask you something, you, you, we've had a conversation many times, you know, stuff is flushed down and people don't even know who you are. So I, got an opportunity to meet every uh, principal and just sit down and talk with them and say, I'm available. And, um, you know, the approach to dealing with our scholars of color is is clear. We're looking across America and we see everywhere uh, our scholars are struggling to do math and read. And it's a problem that is not addressed unless you take it head on. And we got an opportunity to speak to the new leaders and um, some of the new teachers. And we talked about the African-American community of scholars are learning the one way we don't learn. And we don't learn through lecture. We learn through rhythm, we learn through story, and we learn through application. So it's been fun for me to get people to see that if you open up that portal, not only do you improve that subset of students, you improve every student around you. And that's been kind of powerful because you can give it an example. When you learn your ABCs, you didn't say A, B, you learn it in a song, in a rhythm. And when that rhythm got taken away and that story gets taken away and you can't apply it to nothing you're doing, you're just sitting in a classroom. So you there, you're there, but you're not there. Um, the goal to eliminate predictability means that I have students that are, and scholars that are present in school, meaning they're actively engaged in the inquiry and questions and planning that our teachers and our principals and our district takes on. So that's been a fun challenge. And it's a, it's a one that is needed because, you know, Brother Earl, that's changing lives. If we don't make right decisions, we don't just impact an educator scholar. We change a life. Or sometimes you, you you don't change a life. You can lose a life. And That's this is real. a real business. This is That's not real. a game. So every second kind of counts. So I can wait to get in everybody's school and see how to be supportive of that mission. Say that. Say that. So I want to pick up on something you said there. You talked about how improving that particular group, those particular scholars of color, mm-hmm. it actually um, improves and helps all everyone else, or everyone else around them. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's, what, what do you say to those, right? In a, in a district, 27,000 students like Rockford Public Schools, mm-hmm. where you have a third of, of white, our white scholars, mm-hmm. third of our, of our Latin scholars, and then the African-American scholars, the other third. What do you say to people who say, well, you know, you, 
you know, what about those other kids? We got all these other kids and some of them is of, of, of other backgrounds. They struggle just as well. They could use mm-hmm. the help just as well. Um, we, we've heard this saying um, in, in economic terms, right? You know, a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm. Talk about how, um, you know, we've heard this equity imperative, right? Mm-hmm. And how some, like this, this idea of, and again, I'm just going to use a term and maybe you can expound on it, but they, they call they use this term targeted universalism where, mm-hmm. hey, we focus on this group. This will actually improve all of the other demographic groups, mm-hmm. groups kind of around us. What is your theory of, of, of action on that? How does that actually work in, in your in your mind? Yeah, that, that definitely works. And it works for the reason uh, that when you improve a subgroup that is, probably the the one that's struggling the most. Uh, you you know the term, you're only strong as your weakest link. I don't see those scholars as weak links. I see them as not tapped into links. So okay. they open another portal of learning that other scholars and other races represent as well. And we're representation of what society should look like when we're broken down like this. And urban education is becoming what we are. So Rockford is a model. So what I say to that is what we are not tapping into is the student leadership abilities of all our scholars. Uh, when you when I got to Rockford, that was one of the things that I saw. Oh, we have a gold mine. It's student leadership, and it's the leadership through athletes, and it's leadership. When you get on the sports field, is why football was important to me. Race is there and is not there anymore once that ball snaps, because we all have a unified mission and message and goal, and it's clear. I don't give a care what you look like. We want to block, we want to catch, and we want to get across that goal line. Uh, and that's where we at in this education field. We got to get every scholar across the goal line. When the running back scores, the points go up for the entire team. So when a student scores of color, the points go up for the entire team. And I want that to be the message. When those scholars score, it's for the entire team. And it doesn't matter who's scoring. We are all scoring here at Rockford. And I think that's what we want to do. Is we want to have that team atmosphere across our schools. Fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Um, so we just getting back to kind of this role here. We mm-hmm. talk about this DEI, this district, the the the, uh, the, the director of equity and inclusion. Uh, you know, a lot of these kind of positions and role kind of sprung up, sprang up, if you will, after the kind of the George Floyd incident, um, the, the, that that whole um, situation, and it was kind of almost um, a little bit of an awakening for for a lot of uh, our country who got to see uh, this man being murdered on live. You know. It, it, it video evidence of seeing that and after that we f- it felt like the country went into this like we we have to do more to just educate um all of us on racism in america uh how these things happen in our society um we're not that far removed if you will from yeah. whether it's brown versus board of education jim crow all these things that have happened in our history yeah um so in america you know in america we have a we know that racism still exists, right? Mm-hmm. We're well aware of that. Uh, but we, you also have a group who also say, which can also be true, that despite your circumstances, because um, we, we've seen it, right? You can still make it and be successful in this country. Um, you have an opportunity that is unique. How do you reconcile those two things where we know mm-hmm. there is still institutional racism, but at the mm-hmm. same time, we also know that whatever your circumstances and your background, you can still pull yourself up and, and really do good things um, in this country. What do, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, and that is a, a very good point that you can uh, make it. We have uh, things that are there for anybody to make it. But 
it's like you don't know the route to make it. You never get to those opportunities and resources. It has to be someone. So you, you it was a story called the unequal opportunity race where certain people pass on the route to go to success. And so when you know that route easy and quicker and you get to there to those places, it becomes second nature for you and your generation. Where in our situations, uh, many times people of color, we don't have people passing back the route. And I and I and I challenge our people to be more connected to each other because we begin to not be powerful enough for each other and give each other routes out of our situations. Uh, one of the things that was important is when I graduated to come back and we don't come back. We have to come back and be that route. And so as much as I want to push on the structures and institutions, that's a bigger push when you're doing it one and two people. But when people come back and you're doing it united, you begin to push those structures. When you grow up in Chicago and Rockford and these inner cities, many of the things that come in your city don't even come from your city. I remember trains breaking down full of guns and I was asking myself, why is this, why is this happening? And these guns get put in these places to do things. That is what racism looks like. That is what these structures can look like because they know that we've trained a culture of people to hate each other and not come back for each other. And so we're so divided against each other that one of the things that we have to do now that this movement is taking place is be a united obstacle that we remove from each other and show each other the route out because that happens in other you know, subsets and we are not doing it. So one of the things that were powerful for me was meeting you because, you know, I saw a, you know, brother Earl is a route. He knows the route to many things and not being afraid to ask, well, how do you do this? And we carry this pride and hate towards each other that we have to remove. And that is the other side of fixing that problem because now everybody's aware, but now we have to be the route out for each other because people have our back, like you said, and we can get out of this thing, but we have to be a united lift. We can't just keep, spiting each other and expect to lift these structures that are so heavy to lift. That's real. Oh, that's real right there. Yep. I like that. Um, because people say, you know, well, you know, we all have free will. People have choices. Yep. You know, people make choices to to do the, some of the things they do. Uh, I'm curious, just as we kind of wind down, just um, we, we talk about a message of, of hope, right? Mm-hmm. You just kind of just talked a little bit about that. Um you know, I, I, I always kind of say in, in certain systems and in, in school systems, there are, you know, there are there are teachers who um, or, or, you know, our are, are scholars, as you call them. Um, some of them, we all they all come people they come from, you know, traumatic you know backgrounds, mm-hmm. things that have happened to them. And I've seen sometimes where, um, we, you know, trauma is a big thing. So we, we hear this word social emotional. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's there's a there's a variety of ways I guess you can handle that. Right. Some teachers and people, adults, uh, handle that. Uh, you've heard the term the bigotry of low expectations, right? Ah, uh, you know, oh, you, you poor thing. You you know you you yeah. you know you got you come from this social economic background. You know, let me do. You just sit over here and you know you just chill and we'll 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 work on math tomorrow. Mm. Uh, versus, hey, you know, life is hard. You know, this is you know this welcome welcome to the world. Um, you have an opportunity to, to this young scholar to 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 um, to excel and be mm-hmm. successful. How do you do that whole, you know, coming from kind of like the environments our scholars come to us, mm-hmm. uh, giving them the social emotional support they need, but mm-hmm. at the same time, challenging them to be their best selves and give them hope for the future. Yeah. So that's a great question. So one of the most winning coaches in football is uh, Nick Saban down in Alabama. And one of the things that these winning programs or organizations do is they show they care before they hold you accountable. It's easy to take accountability for someone you care about. 
So if I'm a teacher in a classroom, the teacher is the engine that drives this entire thing. When I start the school year, I wouldn't start flushing standards. I would start showing students I care. Let's start off by making a positive touch point home and saying, hey, mom, I'm glad your scholar is here. Let's start off by doing community building. I, I know a school district that the first five weeks, they're not even giving out grades and homework. We are learning and loving on each other and getting to know each other because now I showed you I care. Now, once you know I care, then I can hold you accountable. That's why parenting works. That's why systems work. That's why structures that are winning work, because I show you I care before accountability. And so I think that we should challenge everything, all of our parts of Rockford Public Schools to show you care, because we've done it at the district. Uh, Dr. Jared and at the top is show, hey, I care about this thing. And so now this accountability piece can get played out. And I think that's what has to happen in our classrooms. We got to show that care piece before we hold people accountable. Because if I just beat you down with, you can do this, you can do this, but I don't know that you care, I'm not going to perceive or take that too well. Fantastic. Um, I, I, that's, I love the way you kind of you put that. Um, you know, let, let me ask you in terms of um, success, mm-hmm. right? We, we still, in a, again, going back to the fact that we need a, an equity and inclusion officer. We still need that. Mm-hmm. Um I always, I always look at race. You, you, you in sports, you've seen it when you play sports. Mm-hmm. is a, a great example of, you know, that you talk about breaking down racial barriers. You know, sports yeah. is a great vehicle for that, right? Because yes. to, you can use a lot of those metaphors about we all on the same team, mm-hmm. like we all in this together. And you know, you know, a lot of successful people uh, learn that right away in sports, and they're able to interact with people of different races and just kind of get to know people for just being people yeah. right and I think that's a because because we talk about it you know changing people's prejudices and and racism it's really about changing hearts and minds right hearts and yeah. minds it's more of a right it's 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 a it's a mind thing and it's a heart thing mm. you know let me ask you when you as you go on this journey right of changing hearts and minds in Rockford public schools what would what would even a year a couple years or What's one thing that you could say? This is I could define success this way. If I if I have done this, I think my 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 work will have not been in vain. I, I will have left something positive behind. Have you thought about that? What oh, that might look like for yeah. you? Yeah, you know, one of the things that is very important. We're in the business of instructing, and while other businesses do great because they stick with their model, at the end of the day, we have to clear a lot of things out the way so we can instruct our scholars. And in many places, we put behavior management before student leadership and academics. So I, my goal is to reverse that. I feel if you have a strong instructional place of, of, of growth, that is an environment. It's easier to change an environment because an environment is already growing. A structure is a little harder to change because you have to take something away. And So I want to create learning environments. And I think that impacts equity and that impacts everything else that goes on around it. When you have an environment, it's something planted that is going to continue to grow anyway. And you cultivate it, you grow it. So I think the goal for me is to make sure that we have learning environments that are high belief. You said it earlier. It has to believe. Uh, You have to have that belief there. And I want to make sure that we believe in everything that we do for our scholars. And we're very intentional about the academic. Our job is to deliver instruction. But in order to do that, we got to understand there are some hurdles to clear in order for us to deliver effective instruction. Because when that scholar is included in the instructional practice, then we've changed the game. When I can walk into class and see a scholar articulate what he or she is learning and identify how it fits and where they're going, we have changed the game. Rockford will become a new place. Everybody will come to want to see what did you do different. 
and we just simply listened and included our scholars in the conversation. Brother Earl, no place in education will the scholars not outnumber everybody else. So why are they not brought to the table, listened to and included in the planning and process? That is a goal for me to make sure those scholars are part of that process. We've heard them and they can be brought to the table to deliver effective instruction because they need a voice as well. My man. Yeah. I'm happy you're here, bro. Yeah. Seriously, I, 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 I am, I am, I am invested and invested in your success and yeah. in the work that you're doing. And I appreciate you taking some time today. Last question. This is yep. a question we ask everybody. Yes, sir. On the 205 Vibe podcast with your host. Yours truly, Mr. Earl Dawson Jr. Mm-hmm. And y'all just know, just y'all know why I do that, right? I never used to it say my name on these podcasts, but I do it because of my mama. Because she be listening. She be like, Earl, how come y'all never say your name? I'm like, my, it's not about me. You know, I just ask the questions. It's about the guests and the people. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying it again. Earl Dawson Jr., your host, ma. Uh, so let me ask you this. We ask everybody this question, mm-hmm. these questions. Um, so if I... If I'm, my, for example, if I'm jumping your ride, I say, Antoine, I need a ride, man. My, mm-hmm. my, my, I got a flat tire, um, mm-hmm. and I jump in your ride, and you turn on, you turn on the, the your your music. Mm-hmm. What kind? Of, what you bumping, man? It, it, it can be a particular artist. It can be a particular genre yeah. of music. Or if you're at home chilling, when you when you want to listen to something, yeah. what you, what you listening to? What you grooving to? You know, every day is something different for me. You might get in there, we got some jazz, we got some Stevie Wonder. I don't think anybody's a better artist in my opinion than Stevie Wonder. I think everybody emulates and takes from that guy. So likely you get some Stevie. It depends on if I'm going to the gym, we we, we might have to listen to something different there. Okay. And you okay. gotta be okay with a little Jay-Z at that time because <laughs> okay. I gotta get okay. myself ready for uh, to take that on, you know? Okay. And so, I, you know, I, I change up. I listen okay. to kind of everything. You'll okay. be surprised. I kind of listen to anything that sounds good. I may not know the artist. I just like good music. So we'll be riding to a lot of different genres. You'll have to pick up on some things you might not have heard, but we'll get there. Okay, that's what's up. Um, so if you, um, if you're at home chilling on the weekends when you got some time, mm-hmm. um, if you if you if you do turn on the TV or mm-hmm. if you watching some, is there anything particular that you uh, go to? TV show or is there like a a classic movie that every time it come on like ah, I can watch this again and again? Oh yeah, what, yeah. What, 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 what would you say that is? Well, well, I you know football I can watch all day the reruns, but you know one of my favorite movies is Usual Suspects because okay. it's uh, Unusual Suspects is kind of unique. I, I followed that movie. I can watch it over and over again. And it always uh, surprises me uh, that movie. I remember a lot of our artists utilize that movie to create, uh, you know, some things that they did in their work. So that's a cool thing for me to watch. I like uh, listening to uh, podcasts like yourself because I like learning things that are going on around us and uh, being uh, vested in uh, not just the news that gets brought to us here, but I like to look at what's going on in the, uh, across the world and to see, you know, how we're portrayed and how, uh, you know, global education is looking because education is becoming globalized. So I want to see what other countries are doing and how they value teachers and how their structures are set up. So I like to study uh, the craft of what we're doing uh, when I get some free time. Awesome. Last question. Yep. You know, it's it's your birthday. Go, Antoine. It's your birthday. Mm-hmm. It's a special occasion. And whatever that is, right, we take you out. Mm-hmm. And we what, what would you say is, is there a particular, either a restaurant that you can always go to and find something to eat? Mm-hmm. Or what, mm-hmm. what would be that dish Anybody they could put in front of you every single time, yes, and you killing it. What, okay. what's, what's your favorite go to food? That, yeah, like I like I, anytime, like I can always eat this. 
Now the unfortunate thing that they don't have the cheesecake factory out in Rockford yet, so I'm I'm looking to franchise or get me one of these out here in the next five years, hopefully. But they have this cheese pasta is my thing, you know. Okay, I, okay. I need a little pasta to keep my engine running, so that's my dish. Put some pasta and chicken there, we good to go. Um, we got to get us a cheesecake factory out here, okay, uh, ASAP. We got to have that, so that's my dish there. My man. Sir, thank you for your time. I no, wish thank you, you for the having best. Me. Thank you. And uh, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, sitting down and speaking with me. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, Dr. Antoine Reed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the 205 Vibe Podcast. Subscribe to the 205 Vibe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening now. Check out the blog, videos, and news on rps205.com slash 205 vibe.